This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, traveling solo today. Kamel King is out on assignment. Well, fall is officially here. The leaves are turning colors, the weather is cooler, and the holidays are right around the corner. So today we're taking a Mississippi fall road trip. We'll make our first stop at the two Mississippi museums. After that, we'll head to the Mississippi Gulf Coast for the 42nd annual Peter Anderson in Arts and Crafts Fest. And end the trip in Biloxi for the Ron Myers Christmas City Gift Show. So hold on tight, because we're going on a fun fall ride here on Next Stop, Mississippi. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and host of Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking. Join us as we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life disruptions. Whatever the issue, let's try to figure it out together. You can listen live Tuesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, and I'm traveling solo today. Kamel King is out on assignment. Well, in December of 2017, the Mississippi Museum of History and the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum opened in celebration of the state's bicentennial. Since then, both museums have told the stories of the state's rich and complex history. Let's welcome to the show now, director of the two Mississippi museums, Mrs. Pamela Jr. Good morning, Ms. Pam. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. It's great to hear your voice. Thank you. Good to hear yours, too. It's been a while. It has. It has. We had you on now. You're talking early in the pandemic to talk about how you guys were going to maneuver through (laughs) this uncertain time and uh, it was all new then it was really early like April when we spoke with you so how has everything um, been going with the pandemic of course COVID-19 is still around it hasn't gone anywhere and uh, talk let's talk about the changes that you had to make in the museum and how you've uh, adapted to the new normal Well, you know, you did talk to us in April. In March, we shut down. We shut down for a couple of months, and that was something to be able to take laptops home and start trying to figure out how do we stay, you know, relevant? How do we continue on with programs? Because virtual programming was new to us. Mm -hmm. But, hey, we put on our thinking caps. We love teams on 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 word and and we were able to come together and see each other faces and come up with some great programs that we did while we were at home so 
since we have a, a little time today, let's talk about some of those programs because uh, History is uh, Lunch was a great program that a lot of people look forward to coming to the museum <laughs> oh, on the Wednesdays for yeah. that um, and other things. Talk about some new programs you implemented during the during this time and maybe others that you had to uh, change. Well, one of the programs that we created was Be a Curator. So what we did was had staff members to find artifacts at home that they could feature on, on uh, virtually. Hmm. So that was great. And then we offered patrons to be able to come and do the same thing. Of course, we had to see what they were talking about. <laughs> but it was great because we had some folks who were a little long-winded, but it was great conversation for people to start thinking about, what do I have at home that I want to share with Mississippi? Wow. So they ended up really great. Another one of our programs was called is called Mississippi Unbound, where we would talk to authors. We would look at different areas in the galleries uh, in, our, in our history our civil rights and and found books that connect with that and we we got in contact with the authors and we were did a zoom call so people were able to see that and another one that we did was history at home where uh myself and rachel myers who's the deputy director we read to children Hmm. those were three great programs that we're going to continue that we've continued here uh, since we've gotten back to the museum. Oh, wow. And I know, of course, like with Jackson Public Schools, they're virtual, all virtual this uh, school year. So the field trips for students and things like that, have you started maybe doing field trips again or smaller groups, or are you still doing virtual? Oh, we are. We've had a couple of groups that have come in, but we've really taken this virtual field trip to another level. We really have. I'm looking at the schedule now. We have over, up until they get out for the Christmas break, we have about 20 virtual field trips. Wow. Where we have been talking to 60 children from Chestane on on several days. Today we did what we call First People, where we talked with, we had scholars from the Mississippi Band of Choctaw Indians that came into the schools virtually and talked to the children. So we have really gotten with the uh, the Mississippi education uh, standards and really used that to our advantage and went into the museums to say these different galleries connect with the curriculum. Right. So we're able to connect with the teachers, and they're excited about it because we do 30 minutes of taking them in the galleries, and then they are they have 30 minutes or more to access questions, and they have plenty of questions. That is good. So the kids are being engaged, they are. Uh, be, staying safe, and the teachers get to do a lesson plan around the things that are in the uh, museums. That is wonderful. Exactly. So this is a powerful connection to the school systems throughout the state of Mississippi, where if they can't get to us, we can truly get to them. them. That is cool. But I I didn't say this at the top of the show, but congratulations uh, are in order for you. You are now the director of both museums. I am. am. (laughs) Congratulations. I don't have a clap, hand clap, but I'll clap in here. Um, I know I just want to go back a little bit. How challenging has it been um, for you or exciting has it been for you to take on both museums as far as being the director? Well, you know, I, I, I challenges are always hard, mm-hmm. but I, I like to kind of smile through them, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's been great. It's been great. Staff members are amazing. I would tell anybody that 
I have some I to to be working with some of the smartest people in this department has been exceptional. They make my job easy. They really do. They're young folks and they're eager and they want to 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 show me what they know and they know so much about Mississippi history and the civil rights movement. So it's been great for me. It's been they make my job easy and I appreciate having smart people. <laughs> <laughs> make you look good, huh? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, again, congratulations. I'm proud of you. So proud of you. Speaking of um proud, of course, the retired Mississippi State Flag's final resting place is yeah. in the Mississippi History Museum. Uh now it will be on display to vis- to visitors um later on. Um, why is it so important to have that flag on display? Well, well, you know, people have always, you've heard people say the, the state flag should be in a museum. So what better place than the two Mississippi museums? Let me just say that it is already on, on exhibit oh. now. And uh, the staff, our exhibition staff, they, you know, for me to say that the job that they've done well done to them and the work that they did to make it look the way it looks and how presentable it is. Of course, when we think about the state flag and and what it means to people that felt, you know, that it didn't represent them, to be able to come in and see it in this resting place is something. It is, it is. And the ceremony was um, at your museums. It was a nice ceremony. I saw it on the news and I I saw you speak and... um, it was a great day. What personally, how did that day make you feel? Well, you know, that was July 1st, I think. And it was two things going on in my head because that was an anniversary date for this position. Wow. <laughs> and so all of a sudden we know that the flag is coming our way and that I will be receiving the flag. Now I tell people that I'm a little girl from West Jackson and uh, I, I have worked really hard to get to this position. But I always think that things are done in by design. Mm. Well, I'm put in this position to accept this flag that was placed over my ancestors. So those thoughts were in my head. Those thoughts were were evident as far as how I felt I was looking at pe- when people were talking about me standing there. So when the flag was placed in my in my in my arms. I kind of buckled a little bit. Mm. I wanted to cry. I wanted to yell out uh, to my ancestors. But, you know, something else told me. And I always say that it was my grandmother told me to, was telling me in my head, stand up straight, daughter. And, and you accept this, this, this flag. And I did. And I did it with honor. And I did it very proudly, uh, not only for me, but for many people. You always... Make me tear up every time you come on the show. You you say the most beautiful things um, in the most beautiful way. Um, speaking of exhibits, let's talk about your ongoing exhibits and new exhibits that you will have coming up for 2021. Well, our ex- exhibition that we have out, I have up now is the Mississippi Distilled Prohibition, Piety, and Politics, and this is all about prohibition in the state of Mississippi. And it, it really interprets the, the tumultuous relationship with alcohol from the colonial period till today. And the, the most important thing I can say about that exhibit is that it also shows about women's rights and how alcohol was a part of that and how religion was all these things that could be in regards to prohibition in the state of Mississippi. 
and our exhibit team created this exhibition. Mm. So that was in-house. It's in-house. Mm. It's great. It's great. You know, one thing that happens when I walk in there, as a little girl, I would hear uh, people talking about going across the river. And I never understood what going across the river was. It was going across the Pearl River to the casinos and gambling places. <laughs> and that was a place where they could get, you know, alcohol. Right. Alcohol was pro- prohibited. But you had some of your great singers that went up, that was over there during those times, like the Holly and musicians, the Holly Brothers. Uh, you had all these people that were going over there, Tommy Tate, all these folks that were truly I know about as I heard about as a little girl that that <laughs> if you ask older uh, folks about it, our senior citizens, they can give you a list of people that were were playing over there. And I there's so many stories if you ask people about going across the river here in Jackson. So I'm sure I I know when people that are older come to that exhibit, it just brings back memories of of what, how, how things used to be. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Now we know the holidays are coming up. We do have veterans day uh, coming up soon. And of course, Christmas and Thanksgiving. Tell us a little bit about your upcoming events surrounding those holidays. Well, upcoming events are, are we have uh, on Saturday our advanced genealogy workshop, and that is our guru of genealogy, Joyce Dixon Lawson, and that's from 9.30 to 11 on this Saturday, and the cost is $10. You can go on the Facebook page and get more information. Our Veterans Day program is the 10th. It's going to be here on the Energy Mississippi Plaza, mm. and, and I'll, we'll have uh, our speaking, our Major General Jansen D. Balls, and then we'll get ready for November the 14th, which is our holiday open house. And we'll be featuring our gift store. So we're asking people to come out. Nick Wallace is going to be doing the food. Oh. So it's going to be fun. And we're bringing out our popular Possum Ridge model train exhibit. And then coming up uh, December the 5th, I think, is the 25th annual Christmas by Candlelight. And everybody knows about that and all the tours that happen with that. And, and of course, we'll be having, I want to let everybody know that we are free every Sunday. Right. And free Sundays. Mm-hmm. Free Sundays. And we're open from noon to four o'clock. So please come out. And then on our regular days, we're open from nine to four, Tuesday through Saturday. We have coming up Kwanzaa, of course, which will be at the end of, be the 26th of December. We work with the Women for Progress with that. We have so many things coming up. We have MLK. Not only are we doing one day of MLK, well, that first day, which is the 18th of January, that day is free and is sponsored by FedEx. But that night, we're and during the day, we're doing we're adding something extra. We're doing something like a film festival oh. where we're having we're, we want young folks, we want young people to see the mobilization of 60s of the 60s with civil rights compared to the mobilization of young folks in the 21st century. So look for more information uh, regarding that because we're looking for people throughout the state of Mississippi to create films in regards to that subject. And then that next day, that night, the 19th, we're going to feature work by Miss Sharon Miles, who's going to do a 30-minute play with, with the three greats, Mega, Martin, and Ella Baker. Mm. So that's going to be great. Yes, and course, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, and then our, our exhibition that will start at the end of January is I Am a Man. And this 
exhibition, uh, black and white photographs in regards to the movement of the 60s. And it's going to really uh, reach into things that we don't have in, the, in our Civil Rights Museum with photographs that are, are, are really powerful. There's one in particular that I always think about in this uh, photography exhibition that shows the March Against Fear, in which James Meredith was a part of. Mm-hmm. And you, I recognize the street. They, these thousands of people are walking down State Street, coming towards the Capitol downtown. Very powerful exhibition that we're going to be planning a whole lot of programs around. Wow. That sounds like we have a wonderful year coming up in 2021. I do want to go back. You said that you are looking right now for people who want to help put together films for the MLK celebration. Is that what you said? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. We're putting together, we're saying like, and they're very, very short films, Mm -hmm. uh, three minutes to to 10 minutes short films that we're going to be calling out to the collective in regards to creating films that people can come in and see during that time that we're open on that free day. Again, we're going to be sitting, we're now kind of still around the table just uh, trying to figure out what we're asking for, but the information will be coming out to everybody and we'll make sure you get that information. Yes. We can get out to people because I'm excited about it. I've seen some, some short films and this idea came up and I gave it to staff members. Look, there's some young folks out here who really have, 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 can create some things. Yes. Let's start working with the art community and bringing in those creations to the two Mississippi museums. I love it, Pam. I'm so excited for the future and what you guys have done so far at the museums. Uh, It's a staple in Mississippi. People come from near and far to come see our museums. And I'm just, again, excited about what the future holds for the museums as well. Sounds like you are as well. (laughs) I am. I'm always excited when it comes to talking about what we do here at the two Mississippi museums and always kudos to the people that work here and the work that they do and how they get up and their passion for creating exhibitions and creating programs for people in the state of Mississippi and all over the United States. Because when people come in here, they understand the journey through what the work that we do. Love it. Now, Pam, let everyone know where they can go find more information about the two Mississippi museums. They can look on our website. So, of course, we have the Mississippi Civil Rights website and the Museum of Mississippi History website. Or they can go on the Mississippi Department of Archives and History and get the information. Oh, well, thank you so much, Ms. Pamela Jr., for spending a little time with us today. You have a great weekend and be safe. Thank you. All right. Well, it's time for us to take another quick break, but there's more fall fun coming your way. So stay tuned. This is Next Stop Mississippi. contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere this is an mpb think radio podcast 
This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo here with you today traveling solo. Kamel King is out on assignment. Having fun, I'm sure. Now, before the break, we stopped by the two Mississippi museums. Had a great conversation with the director, Pamela Jr. Now that we're going to head to Ocean Springs, Mississippi, for the 42nd annual Peter Anderson Arts Crafts Fest uh, with director, executive director of the Ocean Springs Chamber of Commerce, Miss Cynthia Sutton. Good morning, Cynthia. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> we're doing great. Sounds like you got a lot going on where you are. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, yes. We're already out on the street still getting ready for this weekend. Oh, my. I know it takes a lot of people. We're going to get in that into that a little bit later about how much work it takes to put together an event this big. But tell us how have you been, of course, in the chamber and Ocean Springs through all of uh, the pandemic, the hurricanes and everything. You guys had your hands full. We have. It has been an interesting year. I would say it's really been one of those years like no other one of those years that you know if we had to learn crisis communication it all happened this year you know right (laughs) this is when you had to use those skills this year exactly i mean it's been amazing but through it all our community has banded together so amazingly you know we have you know more than 150 businesses in downtown alone and then another 100 plus you know uptown all around town and just through the pandemic through the storms, we just communicated well, worked together well, and become like a bigger family. That is wonderful. They say that happens when uh, things happen uh, traumatically. It brings people together more. It sure does. That it is does. good. And, you know, in all these businesses, you know, there's been some funny changes. But, you know, Ocean Springs has handled themselves really well, like I would say, you know, with the business community and the commerce. Many of our downtown businesses didn't have, like, an online presence. I would say 99% of them all do, and it has helped sustain them um, through this whole time. A lot of people have been saying that. If you were listening, Pamela Jr., she's the director of the two Mississippi museums, said the same right. thing, that the pandemic uh, made them put on their thinking caps and uh, think outside the box and come up with different ideas to reach the community. And they're going to most of the ideas that they're going to they came up with, they're going to stay doing those things. So new inventions, new ways to doing things, better ways to doing things. And like you said, with your um, businesses reaching out to the community in a different way. It's a great, right. it's a good thing. I agree. I mean, we've done the same too. You know, we've actually, you know, learned the whole virtual component of everything. Now that's just going to be a part of what we do. Like we did um, two breakfasts with the mayors as a virtual event and then a state of the city as a virtual event. And that got more audience than the normal attendees in person. Wow, <laughs> see? You know, you never know what the, what a pandemic will bring. So let's right. talk about uh, your, of course, the 42nd annual Peter Anderson Arts Fest. Now, is this the first big event since the pandemic? Well, you know, we also had the Art Walk. That was, a, you know, that's where businesses um, partnered with artists. So that was on a kind of like a sidewalk sale kind of sort of. And that was our first thing that we did during Labor Day weekend. So when we saw that and we saw the people coming out wearing their masks, we knew that um, uh, we were going to have a good partnership and a good community response to put on Peter Anderson. So So, I I know a lot of people 
are listening to us and saying, who is this Peter Anderson? Why why do they keep saying this name? For those who don't know who he you know, who he was, tell us a little bit of history about Peter Anderson and, and why this uh, festival is so important. Well, I like to kind of start, and I kind of like to say that the Anderson family inspired the arts and the economic development of Ocean Springs and what we are today. So that in itself, the Anderson family in general, has made a huge impact on the community since they started. Peter Anderson, Walter Anderson, and James McConnell Anderson are the three sons in the Anderson family that are really well known. Peter Anderson started a pottery shop in 1928 called Shearwater Pottery. So we put on this festival to honor him as the potter of the artistic family that inspired the arts and economic development in town today. So we just continue to honor him. We named it um, for him, and we always have uh, an aspect of the Anderson family, which you know, is a main staple in our community. Right. That's wonderful. Now, 42 years, you guys have been um, doing this festival. That's a long, long time. What type of precautions and changes have you had to make um, in this new normal to move forward with the event this year? Yeah, well, it's been an interesting year. You would say one thing we downsized, so people would think that it was an easier task to, to downsize. But since we had to do all these new precautions, it's been a, it's been a, a, a logistical stretch, if you want to say, of our skills to put all this together. So some of the things that we have done is we're using the exact same large footprint in downtown. We normally have about 450-plus vendors. This year we're going to have no more than 250. So we're going to use the same footprint. We're going to spread it out. Everybody's going to be at least, every booth is going to be at least 10 foot away from each other booth. All the vendors are required to have hand sanitizer pumps in their booth to wear masks. We're going to have hand sanitizer stations throughout. All of our comfort stations, which are our, our portalettes, they're going to have to be cleaned 50 more times. I'm joking about saying that, you know, like meaning like that we've made more precautions to clean them more often mm-hmm. throughout the weekend. Everything will be wiped down several times throughout the weekend. And um, one cool thing that we've kind of done is we've also kind of at our entrances, when you come to the festival, you're welcomed by these group of volunteers. So we've also made the volunteers safer by double stacking our tables. It's a further distance. They are six feet away from the people coming in, and everybody has to wear masks and a lot of signage. (laughs) Okay. So that sounds like it's going to be safe and fun. Now, speaking of fun, let's talk about the festivities this year. Now, again, the festival is November 7th and 8th, starting at 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., correct? Yes, both days. All right. So you have demonstrations, hands-on, marine education. Uh, Let's break that down and tell us about the live entertainment, um, what you'll have, what type of demonstrations, and talk about the Young at at Art competition as well. Yes, that's one of my favorite areas. Um, I'll start with the Young at Art. The Young at Art is a kids' exhibit area. We partner with the Walter Anderson Museum of Art, and in the parking lot there, um, by their um, their building, we literally set up kids age 8 to 18 that want to be artists, that make their own art. Mm. They actually will be selling their art to the public. And this is kind of a cool way for them to kind of see what it's going to be like for their career, for them to be just like these exhibitors, these fine art exhibitors that are set throughout the festival. These are the young kids that are creating their own art, and that's what they want to do for a living. And this is kind of a way that they get out and get their work sold. I call them young entrepreneurs. So we want the community to come out, shop with them, 
They're going to be there only on Saturday this year from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the parking area next to the Walter Anderson Museum of Art. It's even so cool that Coca-Cola has helped us with that area this year. Wow. Um, set everything up and work with them and provide the kids snacks and drinks throughout the weekend so they feel like they are champions with their art. That um, is wonderful. So that's really cool. Um, our live, um, uh, we're going to have live music. Now, we've eliminated our food court and our music area because that's where a lot of people usually congregate. So what we've done instead is we've faced musicians throughout the festival, pocketed them. So it's really fun. You're going to get like an acute acoustic um someone out there, a musician, you're going to have acts like Colin Lockie, um, Simone is her name. She is amazing. You're going to have to see her. She is one of the most, I would say, up-and-coming new musicians. I think she's going to make it big one day. She's going to be pocketed throughout, and then we're going to have some other fun groups that are going to be pocketed throughout, playing live music throughout the weekend. And then a lot of our artists, um, we're not going to have too many on-site demonstrations this year, but rather they're going to do some demonstrating in their booth. They're going to be painting. We're going to have a metalsmith out there literally making you a belt on-site. Wow. So very creative stuff. And you know what? It sounds like um, we're going to have Ron Myers next, but, you know, this is the holiday season. I'm sure a lot of people are looking for unique gifts. This is the place to go, go to find those it's- special unique gifts. And, you know, a really cool thing is in the last few years, we've seen a change in some of the audience to actually some of the audience, the families actually plan their holiday shopping starting at Peter Anderson. They, they would get family from out of town to come stay with them, and they will start that this weekend. Wow. So you're going to have a lot of people from near and far in town. Um, what are some other projects you have? The Blue Moon Art Project. Tell us a little bit about that. But yes, that is a wonderful project. Um, the, the festival is presented by Blue Moon, and this is Blue Moon National, the beer company, that started with a slogan called Artfully Crafted Beer because the making of beer is art as well. Well, what they brought to us, part of the festival, is something called the Blue Moon Art Project, and that is a statewide art competition for those 21 and up, and they paint their interpretation of Blue Moon. And they literally put it on display. We do usually do like a kickoff event, a silent auction, and we raffle and raffle. We auction off their work. All the money goes back to the artist to help the artist. And this year at the festival, we will have an area set up by our historic Ellen and Train Depot. We'll have the top ten Blue Moon art pieces, so the audience can vote on their people's choice, and that one person will win a monetary award. And I think it's really cool that we're getting the audience to actually vote on a unique piece of work. Right. And it, it, it it's more authentic. So, I mean, it's what it the people like. That is cool. So tell us, um, are you still accepting volunteers? Because I know um, an event this large, you need as many volunteers as you can um, take. So are you still accepting volunteers? We are. We still need volunteers. We will take them throughout the day today. They can call us. They can go to our website at peteranderssonfestival.com. Click on the volunteer tab, and there's a form and an email. They can sign up online, and we will do the best we can to keep them safe, distance away, and help them be a part of putting this on. This is something that helps our business community sustain and helps our artists survive. So we can't do it without our team of volunteers. And we are about down to one-third of the normal volunteers we have to put on this festival. Wow. Well, thank you, Cynthia, so much. Again, tell everyone uh, the dates and the times of the festival and the website again where they can find all the information about the Peter Anderson Fest. 
Yes, the 42nd annual Peter Anderson Arts and Crafts Festival presented by Blue Moon will be this Saturday, November 7th, and Sunday, November 8th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. both days in downtown. Masks are required. And find out all the information at PeterAndersonFestival.com. And that's in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Yes. Thank you. I thank you. I'll (laughs) let you get back to uh, putting the volunteers together and putting everything together for this weekend. I know you're busy. Thank you for spending a little time with us here at Next Stop Mississippi. You have a great weekend and have a great time and be safe. All right. Well, it's almost time to end our fall road trip. And when we return, we're heading to the most magical place on Earth, the Ron Myers Christmas Gift Show. So stay tuned. This is Next Stop Mississippi on NBC. B Think Radio. Vinsky with NPR's Morning Edition, wishing MPB a happy 50th anniversary. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo. Um, here traveling solo today, Kamel King is out on assignment. All right. Well, it's certainly the most wonderful time of the year. The holidays are quickly approaching. And I know that you are searching for that perfect gift for that special someone. And the Ron Myers Christmas Gift Show is just the place to find it. Let's welcome to the show now the man himself, Ron Myers. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Michelle. How are you? I am fine. You sound like a bowl of Christmas. You just sound festive and happy. Well, I am happy, and I think you would agree with 2020. We are all in need of some happy, some spirit, some fun time, and that's what the Christmas City Gift Show is all about. I can't wait. And, you know, I'm so happy you're on the show because I'm all about Christmas. I Actually, I think I would be Mrs. Claus in another life. I (laughs) I start listening to Christmas music in October. Uh, They know around here they're going to really hear it if you pass my office. But I love Christmas time. I love holidays time, period. And like you said, this year, this year we really need some holiday cheer. So before we begin talking about the gift show this year, tell us a little bit of history of how it all began. Well, Michelle... Years ago, about 37 years ago, I was doing outdoor markets under a pavilion in Gulfport, the Rice Pavilion, outside of Marine Life. And I did a monthly market, and at Christmas, we did one. It was a Christmas market. I did one in November and December. And it was about the second year one of the exhibitors came up to me and said, Ron, you've really outgrown this place. Uh, you need to go to the Coliseum. And I thought, wow, why didn't I think of that? What a great idea. So the next year, 
I went to the Coliseum and I worked with them and we opened up uh, the Chris. It started as the Christmas Arts and Crafts Show. That's what the name was. And uh, it just started growing leaps and bounds. And then one year, about four years into it, I was in a church setting on a Sunday night watching a Christmas production. Well, they had this little city and all these little sets and fun things. And I said, why don't I add that to Christmas City and the Christmas show and call it Christmas City? I'll be the mayor of Christmas City. We'll have all this <laughs> fun and, and, and that. So we did. It, it became the Christmas City. And for years, it had the street lights, the trees, it, everything. And then, unfortunately, when Hurricane Katrina came, it wiped out all of our sets and decorations. So we never went back to that, but we've kept the name the Christmas City Gift Show. And one of the things that uh, one of the things that people ask, how do you keep a show so successful after this will be our 37th year? I said, you know, one of the things when I set up to do this show is I had to become like a little kid. And I said, because I've never grown up, at least that's what my <laughs> wife says. My wife says that all the time. But I thought, you know, what would make me have fun? So it was important from the music to the atmosphere to the fun things that go on in there that I wanted people to leave that event and say, man, I had fun. I don't know why I had fun, but I sure enjoyed that. And it really has grown to uh, a popular event. We just love it. There's a Christmas spirit in the air there. We draw people from uh, New Orleans, from Mobile, Alabama, from Pensacola, up into Hattiesburg and Laurel. And uh, we have exhibitors that come from all over the United States. Uh, I tell people it's like having 300 different entrepreneurs in there, and they're all there selling and things that um, some of them have made. And it's just a unique atmosphere and um i've been very fortunate i thank god every day that i'm able to make a living by just having fun and acting like santa claus <laughs> showcasing other people's talents that is wonderful yes making people yeah, smile yeah. now speaking of tell us about um how the pandemic has changed or affected your plans for this year's event well i w was really concerned for a while was I going to have a show? Because I do a spring market, and that had to be canceled. Um, so we got closer, and then about August, I got with the Coliseum, the folks in Biloxi, and we came up with a plan. What we did is we spread out all the aisles to have 20-foot aisles. We have removed the children's activities this year, the little children's crafts and the stage things. So we've spread the show out with 20-foot aisles. And so it's nice and safe and fun. And, and of course, we're in a mandate now for masks. People will have to wear the mask. But uh, we are prepared uh, just to have a beautiful event. We have dividers between every single exhibitor's booth, a divider between their booth and the person next to them, you know, uh, for the COVID. So we've done the preparations at night. There's a crew that comes in and does cleaning and, and cleans the bathroom. So we're doing everything we can because this, you know, I'm, you know, a lot of people know me here. So when they see me on the street, 
They don't even say hi to me anymore. They, they say, Ron, please tell me you're going to have Christmas City. Yes, <laughs> yes, we're going to have Christmas City. And and they're looking forward to it. They need this little escape, just an escape to go have some fun. And there's a thing that I tell my staff. Now, listen, we're here to be uh, fun, happy. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about problems. We don't talk about anything except how are you? And just smile a lot and let people have a good time and um, play some good festive music. And just, you know, that's what people are looking for, I think, Michelle, right now. They need a little happy. They do. Speaking of happy, this is actually taking place uh, coming up. Uh, let's give everyone the dates and talk about what will yep. happen um, that Friday. You have the Veterans Appreciation Day. Veterans get $2 discount on everything. Is that true? Well, on the admission, and then it includes parking. Uh, so Friday we kick off at 10, from 10 to 4, Veterans Appreciation Day. But it's open to everybody. You don't have to be a veteran. But if you're a veteran or a military dependent, it can be a dependent. Come in, and we'll give you $2 off the admission. And that also, the admission for the whole weekend includes parking. So there's not additional fee to park. Then at 4 o'clock we close, and then we reopen at 5.30 for something that has really become very popular, and it's called Shopper's Paradise, 5.30 to 9 p.m. And what that is, it's a really festive, some live entertainment, adults-only shopping. And then also the customers can have opportunity to have buy some wine or some adult beverages as they go and shop, and that has really become popular. And then we reopen Saturday from 9 to 5.30, and then Sunday from 10 to 4. And all the information is on our website at Christmas City Gift Show, ChristmasCityGiftShow.com. And uh, today we will put on the home page, we will put an updated list of all the vendors so they can it will be a PDF file so they can click it in and see it on their mobile device. Or if they want, they can even print it out Then give them a variety. And I'll tell you one thing, Michelle, about this year's show. I'm looking forward to it because out of all, doing the show all these years, we have dealt with a lot of seniors, a lot of senior people. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the seniors have decided to roll over their booth to next year. So what we've done is what's happened is we have a whole group of new people from all over the country because a lot of shows are canceled. We're one of the very few that are going on. So it really is going to have a whole new look. And I'm dealing probably with 60% of people that I've never, that have never been to the Mississippi Gulf Coast, never been to Christmas City, but they've heard of the show being good. So I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of like an all new Christmas City, but we'll have our regulars back next year. Okay. That sounds so much fun. And I, you know what? I know people are looking forward to going to there to have fun and be whisked away to a magical winter wonderland. Again, that website is ChristmasCityGiftShow.com. You can go there for all information. I know you recommend people buying your tickets early, so go ahead and do so. Thank you so much, Ron Myers, for being with us today and uh, being with us here at Next Stop Mississippi. You have a great weekend and stay safe. 
Well, we, thank you, Michelle. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, we want to thank you for traveling with us today on our fall road trip throughout Mississippi and thank our guest, Pamela Jr., director of two Mississippi museums, Cynthia Sutton, executive director of the Ocean Springs Chamber, and Ron Myers. Now, if you'd like to find out more information about the events we featured on today's show, visit our events calendar at mpbonline.org. For MPB Think Radio, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy for Women, and join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another great trip here on MPB Think Radio. And in case you didn't hear, oh by golly, have a holly jolly Christmas this year.